Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I are playing the Cult Divinity Lost role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is The Black Madonna. It's available from Helmcast. I am the Game Master, and this is episode six. Our recap will be given by Matthew Sanderson as his character, John Miller. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matt? Thank you very much, Tom. So, after quite a few eventful days, we decided to meet up back at the cafe and basically plan what the hell it is we're going to do. Uh, Dietrich decided to continue research on this dream counterspell that we've got uh, an idea on. Um, I decided to go visit Irene, basically to let her know about what happened with Magda. And Petra and Dieter decided to delve down the uh, the research rabbit hole into this mysterious Pagodan character. Well, they got a whole load of info, uh, national registration, medical insurance registry, social insurance registry, motor vehicle registry, criminal records, and plus Magda's medical records. I'm surprised they didn't get their inside leg measurements as well for good measure. But amongst that, they did manage to grab hold of the address for this Pagodan and uh, another individual Marla. No address for Mr. Kramer. He seems to be off the um, off the grid. But anyway, Dieter decided to go and recon uh, Marla and Pagodin's addresses. Meanwhile, Ingolf decided to delve into his art and get an insight into the interior of the Black Sun publishing building, finding that it was a, effectively a magical instruction of kids led by Kramer and that the SA and Black Sun are used to recruit these individuals into whatever esoteric purpose it is that they're, they're doing, whatever it is they're performing. And he also decided to look into that black room in our dreams, brave guy, effectively seeing a battery, like we're fueling something or powering something up, and sees three robed figures, one of which is missing their, their middle or their torso, but the vision ends before he can see more. Dieter decides to dress up like a hobo, not very effectively, and this guy goes on his recon. Uh, first of all, going to Pagodin's uh, fortress, as it's best described. Uh, just a little bit outside the city. One road in, one road out, and pretty much screams bad news. He then decides to go and have a look at Marla's address and finds that it's an affluent area with lots of people around. Eventually, they decide to drive him out because they don't want a hobo on their front, uh, their front doorstep. So that didn't go too great. Meanwhile, I drive up to, uh, to Irene's place. Um, she's organizing Magda's funeral and we tell her what happened. Um, and it reminds her of Magda's husband, Lev, that he died in a similar circumstance. And the more that we're looking into this, the more I'm thinking that Kramer is responsible for Lev's death as well. She also mentioned about the church where she was going to have the funeral for uh, Magda, the service there. Um, rather long-winded name, the Church of the Protection of the Virgin Mary, uh, a Russian Orthodox church that's now in the middle of an industrial estate, but which once upon a time would have been more in a residential area. So I decided to go and have a look. The place is lit up from the inside in a way that isn't bright or isn't normal. There's a smell of roses in the air, and I'm pretty sure the priest there knows more than he's letting on. Um, I tried to coax it out of him, but then who would reveal that they knew something more uh, that was wrong with the world? 
than what everyone else thinks there is. He also dropped a very loaded statement about trying to help me find the girl of my dreams. Does he know about Persephone? Does he know where she is? Or is that maybe just wishful thinking on my part? But anyway, I left with more answers, more questions than answers. Meanwhile, Deertrick continues his research. He connects the ritual to a higher power, Chagadil, and also tries to contact the institution in Frankfurt and make an, uh, makes an appointment with a Dr. Schaefer there for tomorrow afternoon. Dieter meets up with Petra and tells her that he's going underground for a while, so it looks like we won't be seeing him. And we got word of this when we all met up later, after, uh, later up that afternoon, where we all read Ingolf's manuscript. Something is, I think, very wrong with us, as well as what's going on, but I can't quite put my finger on it. I think we might need to have a chat. Excellent. So, trying to remember what time of day it is, where you all are. Um, I think we'd met up behind a whole load of pile of books at the bookstore, thinking that yeah, laser yeah. sights can't get through, uh, get, can't get through wooden books, and that we'd be vaguely safe there because lightning never strikes the same place twice. Unless there's a lightning rod, in which case, it only strikes there. <laughs> hey, well, let me just All pull right. out my typewriter again. I, I'll make sure lightning strikes here <laughs> real quick. All right, so you're all huddled in the back of the uh, shop. Uh, uh, Dietrich, did you close the shop up? Yeah, well, the, the, uh, the all the front is plywood and a you know under repair sign, and uh, mm -hmm. we'll probably be you know assuming that we don't have any trouble with the glazier will be open again in a week or 10 days, but there's really no hurry uh, as okay. we're going to be more profitable uh, under these circumstances than in a normal week. And right. I'm scared. So what are you doing right now, all of you, being back there? Well, I got out an ashtray for Ingolf, or at least I used him as an excuse. Uh, and a bottle of schnapps and uh, probably at this hour having just disclosed what we have found we're looking at each other anxiously and trying not to scratch when is Magda's funeral a couple of days from now I think I think we should attend mm -hmm. when, yeah, when we is it to. that we need to perform this this counter ritual whenever they're in the right place i think yeah we're dependent on them aren't we they have to be in the place that it was cast oh that's even where it was cast i think that was the, the rule they, they have, have to, to be, be in, in their, their temple. temple i assume that they did it from their temple yeah or maybe not but right Which yeah we assume it's the essay building yeah, I was going to say it sounds more and more like the uh, the Black Sun publishing essay building, yeah. especially from what what Engulf's text said. Uh, Engulf, you didn't get the impression that the receptionist you spoke to there knew anything, right? Uh, no, no, I I didn't. 
but we we didn't talk for very long. Yeah, I don't know when you're running a front like that, whether you want conspirators everywhere or whether you want uh, some nice innocent lay people on the public side. Do you think it would be worth paying them a visit after hours? Uh, like break breaking in. I mean, there's people. I saw people in there all the time. They're hidden. You, you can't see them, but they're there. If we break in after hours, we'll be. They'll 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 pounce on us. Okay. Well, I wanted to correct something. Uh, it wasn't children they were recruiting. It was just people. They were like having classes. Evening classes. Yeah, described as as students. Yes, the right age of the students wasn't specified, but it's okay. They were adult students. Right. Yeah, which is easy to confuse with the fact that we think that Magda and her other orphan cohort were unwilling students or subjects or something. But yeah, adults too. I mean, if we if we if we broke in and if we got out with our lives, what what is it that we would be looking for? Suppose I don't know. It just it feels like we don't know enough about all of this. Right. On the other hand, uh, to to argue against at least the risk of being caught breaking in. You know, as far as we know, they don't know that we have any idea what's been done to us. Um, and if that is, in fact, their temple where we want to surround them, we don't want them to know that we're onto that. Not to mention that I don't, you know, I'm not sure what I would do if I met three robed figures, one of whom was somehow um, inconstant physically. Uh, but I understand your desire to do something proactive as well, because it's not, I, I feel like, I don't know how Magda put up with this for as long as she did. I mean, I guess there were a lot of drugs involved, but I don't want this to go on. I understand that. I mean, we're all we're all close to Magda, but I I fear we might be portraying her as more innocent than she may have truly been. I would agree with you there, Ingolf. I think I think Magda had some part in this as well. Yes, and perhaps it was never a problem for her until she got cursed or something went wrong and it brought about her demise, but. Do you think that she uh, put this on us in hopes of ameliorating her own suffering? No. I think she wanted help. I think she wanted it to go away. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't... I don't uh, think of her in a saintly fashion, but I feel like as she was a victim of this curse, and it sounds like her first husband was a victim of this curse. 
we are more alike each other than we are on opposite sides. I, I don't know if her first husband was a victim of this, this particular curse. You don't think that it could have presented as black boils to a medical professional? Well, there wasn't. The medical profession, professionals didn't see any black boils on Magda, did they? No, but the one doctor saw the vermin. So it seems as though different people are differently susceptible, you know, or, you know, as far as I know, one really willfully blind person could convince everybody else, oh, it's just cardiac arrest. I, they should, there should have been an inquiry into how she started screaming after she flatlined, but it seems like they're just going to act like that was a medical, you know, a technical anomaly and ignore it except for Dr. Richter, who seems interested, but outnumbered. If it's, regardless if it's the same curse or not, um, I mean, this is, a, these spells that we know are, they're about a, re, a reversal, right? I mean, these, these are dangerous people with magic. Who knows what it is that they've tried to do to each other over the years. I'd be surprised if their if their knowledge of these things was limited to just a single malady. But I don't know. What uh, does anyone remember? What the description was of the of the victims uh, in Russia in that text? There was a story of a bunch of people being laid low. Right. Let's see, the curse, of, there's the diseases of war, a pathological overview, and then the curse of diseases that had reports of symptoms. Um, so so what, what you've told us about Richter, Richter reads the, the Russian text, uh, the diseases of war about a misdiagnosis. The Russian soldiers who died were actually killed by the same curse Magda was. And then the curses of diseases, the curse of diseases, there's another, there are similar infections to Magda. I don't remember if there might have been black boils there, but I don't recall. Yeah, I wonder if Piotr will be able to tell me anything about these books. Um, but it seems as though if, if some, you know, if the people, if uh, the author of Diseases of War or the author of Curse of Diseases wrote a description that matched what Richter saw, then it seems as though, again, people experience this curse or the results of it differently, possibly. Or, or yeah, or, or they got lived with a different curse altogether. I don't, I don't really want to contemplate how many of these sorts of attacks there might be. When was, sorry, my, everything is shaking in my mind right now. Is, is Mongus' funeral tomorrow? I think it's a couple of days from now. It's a couple of days from now. When did she die? She died yesterday. One day ago, two, yesterday, <laughs> or the day before. Things have been happening very quickly. It would be on the third day after she died. I wonder who's making all the arrangements for her. That was Irene. Oh, okay. 
it's usually on the third day because anytime after that, see, they don't embalm. So even a regular body is going to start to smell after yeah, three so days. Did, did Marge die yesterday? We got shot at yesterday. Right? Were you shot at yesterday? Yeah. Were you shot at the same day? Um, I think you were shot at that. I think it's been this, the third day might be tomorrow. Hmm. We'll say the, the funeral's tomorrow. At 10 a.m. Okay. Before we go, I might try my little trick to look at the church where it's being held. I don't want any nasty surprises. Sounds not like a bad idea. idea. Yeah. I have a typewriter here. Does, do you need to use your own? No, I just I just need to write. Does your does your ability let you to see places that you've never been? I also, is it see, uh, I can one of my options is visions. I can see through the illusion into a specific place of my choice. All right. So is that what you're going to do then? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Interested to see this. Okay. Ooh. Uh, 14 says I get to choose one option. Um, so yeah, visions. See through the illusion into specific points by choice. I would like to see through the illusion into... Church of the Protection of the Virgin Mary, where the funeral is going to be held. So as you're sitting there on your typewriter and you begin typing, and uh, you can all sort of see that Ingolf sort of goes into a trance. And uh, he's typing and he's typing. And suddenly he starts to become very jittery in his typing. Uh, and he moving side to side. Um, Ingolf, what you are writing and what you are seeing, it's, it's like you're in a big factory. And it reminds you of like a steelworks. So there are things that are very large moving around. Uh, big metal things and big hooks and uh, and big um, uh, equipment gears are turning here and there and at the same time that you're seeing this it's it's like the church itself is made of this structure and then the the, the vision fades. It, 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 it seemed at first like a place where people would worship, but it also seemed like a big machine of some sort. I mean, it, it, it's strange, but everything is so, so strange, but it's, it's unlike these other places. It, it's, fundamentally very unlike what I saw at Black Sun Publishing or from that dream space. 
So I, it, I I don't know. I think I should also add that it didn't seem particularly sinister. It just seemed like incongruous. Like yeah, it's just like this big industrial plant. complex. Yeah. Well, and John, you didn't have a bad impression of the priest either. You thought he might be withholding information, but not, uh, not an, yeah, not in an opposing sort of way. No, he he definitely knows something. But I suppose I mean, I've been thinking about this actually more and more since I since I left him, and partly thinking about us as well that not only does it seem just a little bit of coincidental or coincidence that we've all been hit by, by this thing, but there's those amongst us which have abilities or gifts, curses even, that we can do and see things that the average person doesn't. And I'm just thinking that this, this is all a bit, coincidental I mean I'm, it's not at all coincidental that's what you mean yeah precisely that almost as if this this was just like a like a magnet getting us all in the same place at the same time and then hitting us with this with this thing and it just happened to be us that got uh, that got hit by it no no I can I can see things and I can do things that I know the average person can't I'm wondering if there's more, more that connects us on another level, perhaps. It might be that uh, what connects us is is just Magda, but that there's a reason that Magda connected to all of us. Mm. I don't consider myself to be very gifted in that way, John, you see things no one else can see and golf clearly is talented as an artist of seeing also seeing things. I, I didn't, I'm nothing like that. Strange dreams, of course, but we all had those. I think, I think Magda's are tying our commonality. Perhaps. So I know that with myself that things I can see and things I can do stem from a particular encounter I had. But that was long after I first first met Magda. Yeah, I don't have a, a point of origin that I can recognize. I've just been a student of unusual things and maybe sensitive. So what would you like to do next? You've, you've had your discussion. You're going to go to the funeral tomorrow. Um, is there anything you want to do between now and then? A wallow in existential dread? I feel Average like Heinz has maybe pulled a Dieter and has gone underground and in fear. Should one of us follow up with that doctor? No, uh, I mean... I guess I should, uh, you know, having met him. Um, uh, I also I'm supposed to uh, drive over to Frankfurt tomorrow and and um, meet uh, Piotr, the uh, 
the fellow at the asylum who sent her the postcard. Um, so it might might be another, unless I mean I could I could telephone the hospital and invite Richter to the funeral. Uh, I don't think any of her family will be there to object. Um, you know, I don't know what his duties are either. I wouldn't mind taking along to Frankfurt and having a um, having a talk with this Pierre, to, to be honest. That's fair. I yeah, I don't. He might not even know, of course, that she's passed. So, you know, whatever he has to say. The more of us who hear it, the, the more connections we might be able to make. Yeah. I've, I've just thought of something. Just talk about who might be at the funeral. I mean, talk about how her family won't be at the funeral. No, no, but Kramer might be. Kramer might be. And we need to be very, I, I think we need to be very careful. Not just because we think that he wields dangerous powers, but if if we injure him in some way, um, we won't be able to free ourselves of this curse. We Do you normally injure people at funerals? <laughs> no. If, no. You know, I'm if we just... were talking about Dieter, I'd be concerned perhaps. But... <laughs> well, I suppose with him, with him around, none of the rest of us seem uh, flippant with firearms. I'm, I'm just saying that if something happens to Philip, he won't be able to join the others at that temple of theirs, and we're not going to be able to rid ourselves of this thing. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, and it's in the same sense that I was, you know, I don't want to get caught breaking into Black Sun Publishing. I don't want to tip our hand to Philip Kramer either. And he will be there. I'm sure of it. Uh, he doesn't yeah. seem like the type. I mean, unless he's succumbed to as well, because his phone messages suggested he was in a lot of trouble. But if he's alive and well, then yeah, he wouldn't uh, miss that. I don't think he seemed quite obsessed, possessive. Are you suggesting we skip it then, Dietrich, or just be cautious? I don't think we can skip it. I don't think it, yeah. Just, just be cautious then. Yeah. Perhaps seeing him might shed some life. He's doing just as poorly as Magda was. I mean, we well, saw how bad she looked. Yeah, indeed. If given again the the what we know from her answering machine, he could be at the blister stage for all we know. He could be dead for all we know. I, 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 saw, I saw him in my vision today, teaching at, working with those students at Black Sun. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You're right. Yeah, and I don't apparent think health. I don't think he's hurt at all. If anything, he's probably going to notice that we're messed up. Which won't be a surprise to him, probably. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah. Is there, should we not go? Are we putting uh, ourselves yeah, in harm's way? That's my question. That was my question. I, I think that he knows already that we're messed up because he's directly responsible for doing it. He's presumably feeding off us if we understand the way this works. Yeah. The only, thing, the only thing that we might do is that if he comes over to us and tries to engage us in conversation, 
we might tip our hand to say that we know that it's you that's done this and that might then put him on the defensive. And he might not even be there despite his close ties to Magda. I mean, again, the, the part of the church that is unseen, Philip Kramer deals with the unseen and he might understand that space better than we do. And again, it's laid out very different than the unseen space he operates in. Maybe, maybe there are places where he is unwelcome or would be fearful to tread. But I don't so know. he's a vampire and can't go in consecrated ground? Can, but I, uh, I, I don't think it's the consecration you'd be worried about. I don't know. I don't know. He could very well be there. I'm just tired. Well, it's you know another reason to go is to see if he if he does. Because any information we can you know accrete seems like it might make the difference between ending this or being ended by it. I think if if we go, we just have to be, we have to be careful that we don't engage with him at all. Yeah, I don't know if I could control my tongue, honestly. Um, should I ask Zelma not to come? I mean, I don't think she feels strongly about Magda. I don't think it would hurt her feelings, but it might. I mean, she knows I'm acting oddly, but, you know. Wouldn't it appear more normal if she came with you, though? Don't we want to appear as if we are doing our absolute normal lives and not digging into anything strange? If if Zelma would and, normally come with you, then yeah, particularly with the shop closed, it would be very odd for me to attend a, a friend's funeral and and not and her not come. All right, oh, yeah, it's not as though I mean he's already got us. Uh, in a you know in a terrible situation, it's not as though we expect to be but you know attacked. I just am feeling dread, I guess. I've never met um, I've never had to look at the face of somebody who had put a fatal curse on me before. <laughs> Uh, I can't say I have that experience well, either. Well, oh, now, and then what about our sniper? Do you think I someone's going to take pot at shots at the, at the church with a high-powered rifle? We don't yeah. know. Is Dita going to be there? Because I think that's more the person they were aiming at. It's true. No, I, I think he's, he's going to be not going to be around for a while. The way mm -hmm. he talked, I think it, it's going to be a while before we see him again. Probably before we see him, you'll just come home and find a matchbook with a cryptic message slipped <laughs> under your door or some other bit of right. uh, trade craft. Got a flair for the romantic, that fellow. <laughs> An odd duck, but he knows how to reach me whenever he's ready to come back. I, do you think, I just, I don't know very much about this. The, these things unseen by others john but you seem to would the church have some kind of protection because it seems to be this 
not a normal church, right? So, you know, if someone were trying to shoot into it, would I, I don't know, would, would there be some other otherworldly protections or something? No? I, I don't think it extends that far. I mean, the, the feeling I got from it was very different from what Ingolf's written about. Okay. I mean, from, from what Ingolf's written, it almost seems like the church is an extension of the industrial estate around it. Okay. That it's very much part of this mechanization. But no, the, the, the feeling I got when I was there was very much that it was a peaceful, serene, good place, which is kind of off on a tangent completely to that. Mm, they're good machines after all. Mm. As long as, yeah, as long as the machine didn't seem like a mm. reaper or just take something. So your appointment tomorrow, oh, your appointment tomorrow, Dietrich, that is in the afternoon, yes? Yeah. Okay. So we still will be was, able to make the funeral. I was just going to say that it, it sounds like you can go to the funeral and then you can go to Frankfurt right. and the order. It's not that far. It's not, not as far as I thought that it was originally. Got it's it. a different yeah. place. So do we nice. just lay low this evening? What time of day is it? Say it's evening. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. I was planning on doing some digging around into Lev because I, I must admit that was the first time I either remember hearing about him or coming across him at all in relation to Magda. And maybe mm. there might be some something something lurking around in in that part of the of the background that we haven't found yet that might be helpful. Yeah, it's interesting she kept his name after all. Hmm. And I don't Not know, really having one of her own, though. I might pay you a visit back to the mantra, um, the bookstore, to look for something about this Jigidiel mm -hmm. that you've that you found. Um, the evening of hitting the books. Okay, so let's see. Let's do John first. We're going to uh, see what you can find out about. I'm sorry, what was it again? Lev. Lev. All right. Um, you're going to check public records probably and see what you can find out. All yeah, right, it's so. not Maybe that difficult. It's not that difficult to find out. It looks like Magda married Lev in 1964. And uh, there are two registered complaints with the police department um, about Philip Kramer uh, stalking them or uh, uh, interfering you know, they, they had to call the police. Uh, 1968, after four years of marriage, uh, Lev dies of uh, what seems like the dream curse. Uh, and uh, that's, that's pretty much all that you find. Uh, there's no way to link that to anybody in particular. Uh, it looks to the rest of the world like natural causes, but 
um, you do find that after that, uh, it looks like Magda uh, kind of broke ties. She, she went into a mental institution right after that. And uh, she wasn't recontacted by Philip until some years later. So she seemed wary of what might be going on, you know. But then she seemed to be, I mean, it looked like the night of the, of the Golden Plaque Award that they were all friends sitting around the table again. So that's strange. But that's really all you find on that. It's nothing about him before he married Magda. I don't have information, but there's nothing unusual about uh, Lev before that. Just an unfortunate bloke who ended up marrying a woman that was being stalked by a Satanist. Yeah, he put he kind of put himself in the line of fire there. And you don't find anything about Magda marrying Philip, but there she had said a lot about that there had been a relationship. Maybe they weren't married locally or whatever, but she said that that also turned into a very bad situation. Mm. It seems like Philip was very unstable. And you've seen that he was also in. He's wanted by the law. Mm-hmm. Crazy egomaniac magician. Yeah, not the most uh, stable of people. Ingolf, you were going to go back over to uh, the, uh, the mantra. The mantra. That was Erica Holler. I think. Erica Holler. Yeah. Um. You get over there. There's a few people inside. It's it's evening, but they're open until nine. And, uh, she's in there working, and she sees you, and she's like, "Oh, hello." Good evening. It's wonderful to see you again. Back again, huh? Yes, my. <laughs> How goes the research? Oh, the research. The research goes well. I have a couple of new. Uh, fascinating lines of, of inquiry into the occult and the mystical. I'm curious if you'd be able to help point me in some, uh, into the right direction. Well, what do you want? What, what sort of direction do you want to go? What do you want to know? I want to know more about angels. I've come across a name a of an angel, perhaps. Quite uh, a few a ch- books on angels, yeah. Yeah, have you ever heard the name Chigidiel? That sounds like Kabbalah. Let me look, take a look. And uh, she pulls out a book called The Tree of Life. And uh, it talks about, it, it, it sets up this interesting little chart looking thing with a, a tree and its roots. And up in the tree, there are these circles and they've all got names. And then there's circles down in the, in the roots, one of which is Chigidiel. Um, it also tells you that Chigidiel is just one of many names uh, that it goes by, just depending on what piece of literature you're 
you're looking at. Sometimes it's he's called Beelzebub. Sometimes he's called Belial. Um, various, various names. It's, of course, it's Chigidiel is Hebrew. And it means the one who hinders. Interesting. Yeah, so it was Kabbalah, you said. This is Jewish, Jewish mystical, Jewish mysticism, Gnostic mysticism. There's a whole section on this yeah. stuff. Yeah, so I'll, 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 I'll buy this book and a few others on Kabbalah and Gnostic, on the Gnostics. Um, and um, she says it's all interesting stuff. It's just another, it's another system trying to unravel the secrets of the universe and um, I mean, you could go into Hindu myth mythologies and you'd find a whole completely different system of how to figure it all out. And you could go into Christian mythology and find the same thing. Yes, this is a this is a line of mysticism that has captured my imagination, so to speak. It's very complex. I mean, there are Jewish mystics that study this their whole lives. Yes, I mean, there's all these, just from this brief thing you showed me with these diagrams and... The belief that things. if you know the name of God, you can pretty much do anything. You can bring life to uh, rocks or clay. It's, it's all in there. Well, you don't, you don't happen to know the name of God, do you? <laughs> nope. But I think that it's like 230 some odd letters long. I can't remember. Oh, it really rolls probably, off the tongue then. Yeah. I don't think the Jews know what it is anymore either. That's part of what they supposedly lost when the Temple of Solomon was destroyed by the, the Romans and the Levitical priesthood was killed, was killed off. Oh, rats that God had a word they could use and they lost it. So, I mean, so much for the plans of, of God. Yes, yeah, so well, they, <laughs> they, they, they really should have used the, the name that they had to stop them from destroying the temple, eh? Indeed. Oh. Anyways, those are, you can, you know, um, the, the price is on the inside cover. Okay, I know. It is a bookshop, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> not a library. Yeah, but this way, I mean, buying them, now I can write in the margins. Did you want to ask her some questions? Or? Um, yeah, I'm curious, because I, I had asked her, I asked her previously about the essay, and she was very firm, like, do not mess with those people. Um, I'm going to ask if you heard anything, anything at, at all in the last couple of days about about them. I mean, I know oh. I was just here, but no, I haven't. I haven't seen the news or anything like that. If if they're doing anything, they they tend to be very secretive. There's of course a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories that the people who are in charge of everything up there whoever they are, government officials, and 
politicians and stuff, they all belong to that club and, you know, they all meet and gain power by, you know, controlling the world with uh, the power of magic. Um, it's a nice idea, but I'm sure that rich people, rich, powerful people don't want to actually be associated with any of that stuff. So if they are, they'd have to be awfully careful about it. Yes. Maybe that's where all the robes come in. The robes, you say? Yeah, the robes and the masks and the hoods. And <laughs> don't want to know that the president of the United States is in there or you know, the king of England or it's the so queen no. of England. <laughs> One has to don't... ask how she's managed to, to survive so many years. <laughs> yes, she has. She has lived quite a long time. Do you do you know why Satanists would have any interest in Kabbalah? I wouldn't think they would. Uh, Kabbalists, I mean, uh, real Satanists don't believe in any kind of deity, or they don't worship the devil. They basically reject all kinds of all religions as nonsense. They're they're atheists. Um. But then there's always those weird cultish groups that are, you know, like you see in movies that are sacrificing dogs and, I don't know, children to uh, to the devil and trying to summon up demons and gain power. If there is a group, a conspiracy group of rich people, that's the sort of evil stuff that they're into. They're eating babies and who knows what. But they might not really exist. I think the FBI has said there's no such thing. But then what if the FBI is completely controlled by them? It's all very, it's all a lot of fun to think about. Mm -hmm. Yes, quite. Quite. They would have to. My guess is that if they were rich, they would probably have built some sort of church to worship in, someplace secret and away from the public where they could all gather and not nobody know that they're there. But I mean, it would be difficult to do around here. I mean, Berlin yeah, you is couldn't do it. Highly populated. You couldn't do it where there's a lot of people. You couldn't do it in the middle of a city, unless you did it in the basement of some place, or you know, maybe the maybe right underneath the the, the public buildings. There's this secret underground in the sewers, or I, you've seen a hundred movies, haven't you? You know, there's <laughs> yes, yes, uh, have. Uh, You know these, these these hidden hidden places. Do you have have you heard anybody talking about or seen books on people seeing hidden things? I don't know if that makes sense. But like it's the whole story. Oh uh, yeah, but <laughs> more like additions to buildings that other people can't see. I don't know what things, you mean. extra stories, architecture, like places being bigger than they bigger. seem. 
think Stephen King wrote a book like that about, uh, I think it's called Red Rose, about the house that has 12 bedrooms in it. And then you walk in later and it's got 15 bedrooms. And then you walk in again and it's got 17. And then it's only got 10. And then somebody walks into a bedroom and then the bedroom's not there anymore and the person's gone forever. But that's Stephen King. So does that really exist? I think somebody would, a scientist would have figured that out by now, wouldn't they? Maybe, Maybe but I mean, you're <laughs> sucked into another dimension, twilight zone sort of stuff. You start to get the impression from her that she could ramble about this stuff all day. Oh, yeah. No, she seems to be very, uh, <laughs> she seems to love her conspiracy theories. That's for sure. Anyways, what's Dietrich up to? We can come back to you in a minute. Uh, I think uh, I don't have any. I, I've, as far as I can tell, I've tapped the uh, books I have here in the back of the shop for information. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be uh, placating Zelma and a bath in Epsom salts and, um, you know, trying and may, maybe a mild sedative so that I have a chance of sleeping between now and, and getting up for the funeral. Excuse me. Okay. And uh, Petra. I'll be checking out of the mid-rate nondescript hotel that I initially kind of fled to. Right. To check into a different hotel. I'm changing locations. The paranoia is getting to me. And I will check in with Rolf and just try to calm my nerves for the evening, maybe with a drink. Okay. You tend in general to move in a stealthy manner when you need to. Mm, So you're you're starting to convince yourself that you may you you were definitely under observation, but you've you've managed to outwit whoever it is, and they have no idea where you are now because you're you're feeling pretty much calmer. Okay. Um call Ralph. Uh, and uh, he confirms with you via some sort of code that you have that uh, he's like, well, we haven't had any trouble, but it feels like somebody is setting you up, maybe you and your friends, to get rid of you. Why? What do you mean by that, Rolf? Well, there's a rumor going around that the Russian mafia has been contacted and they've been given information about you and they may, they may be getting ready to put a hit out on you. Not just you, but all of, yeah. The people the circle that you're I'm running with. with. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any names, any information on that? Um, one name that keeps coming up is look through my notes. Uh, Rolf says as he's <laughs> come on, Rolf. This is important. <laughs> um, I'm getting a name, uh, Alexi. Um, 
Global, B-L-O-B-E-L. And from the best that I can come up with is he, he takes his orders from the Russians. Um, and he is a sort of a, I guess you could call him a, an elite henchman. Mm. Uh, if they need somebody spied on, he's there. If, he, if they need somebody bumped off, What's his MO? He's there. Whenever, just guns? How, how does well, he target targets? He's got quite a, he's been with various things like the Stasi and the KGB. So he probably has a fairly decent knowledge of anything you could think of uh, sniper rifles. Mm. And I didn't know if he had a particular method that he employed often or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he's a man of uh, kind of a Renaissance man. He, mm-hmm. he can do it all. Um, I wouldn't say the man is particularly dangerous unless he's been given orders. Okay. But But you said you said you've been shot at, so yeah, 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 yeah. The thing is, is if a man like him shot at you, he'd hit you. Right. So some kind of warning. I don't. This is very strange. Well, it was fairly early on. Maybe he was trying to scare you. But Maybe so. If it's going to turn into uh, assassination, or why? Why alert me if it's going to? If he's going to kill me, why alert me in the first place? You know, maybe, maybe his orders have changed, or maybe they're changing. I'm just. Maybe. I, I want you to lay low. Uh, I have no right. idea where you are. I want you and um, the 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 others go underground for a few days i don't i don't want anyone right. coming after you trying to get to me i'll ask that that one friend of yours uh dieter mm. uh, dieter weber mm-hmm. i think is his name uh I'm pretty sure it's starting to look like he was xkgb in fact i don't think that his name is Dieter? It's actually Dieter Weber. Mm. Well, I think that's a fake. Well, we all have our secrets. That doesn't. He's so paranoid. That doesn't necessarily surprise me. I always thought he had a bit of an accent too. Okay, Rolf. Take care of yourself. I will. I'll keep my eyes open. But yeah, we'll. Me and the boys will go underground. If you think the boys are going to be too much of an asset, I mean, a, a liability. Take care of them if you have to. They don't. They don't know enough. Okay. I think. Okay. All right. All right. Good luck. Thanks. All right. Uh, in golf, is there anything else that you wanted to do? Did we do John? John, what are you doing? I was looking after uh, looking out for Lev. But yeah, that's, right. That. that's right. Yeah, you look for Lev. Engolf, is there anything else you wanted to ask while you were at the Hey Eric, what's your thoughts about alien stone? Um I'll just I'll, I'll go. <laughs> she says, Oh, I got a whole section on that. <laughs> um all right. So your dreams are, are, are nightmares, the same as they were before. Same nightmares. Um, and they're painful. You wake up in, in pain. 
um, it's getting almost to the point where you're very afraid to go to sleep because you know it's going to happen. And it, uh, it's just, you know, there's going to be incredible discomfort and yet you, you're tired. And you think back on Magda, she looked like she hadn't slept in days. Did drugs uh, help at all? Not much. They mm -hmm. kind of put you down faster so that you relax. And, but there's that sort of screaming, dark discomfort something is there in the darkness and you're you're completely at its mercy um so the next morning when you wake up you're not completely rested but you know you're, you're a little achy and sore from, from all of that Do you guys want to get together before you go to the church I should think we would plan to meet somewhere near it just to check in before we're in public. So we'll say there's a cafe there for Yeah. And John, I'm, I, uh, I, we probably figured this out last night. We're, Selma and I are coming in one car, so you and I will go together to, the, to Frankfurt on mine. Yeah, um, I've got two seats. Yeah. Oh, um, oh and I could use some speed. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we'll, yeah, we'll all, um, I'll reintroduce everyone to Zelma, um, who, you know, is, is very nicely decked out and it's, you know, a, a thoughtful black suit with a bit of a flourishy thing, carefully applied stuff. Uh, okay. And of course, I look exhausted, and I look at you guys, and it's like, yeah, all right, all right. So you drive over to where the uh, the little church is, um, and you can see there are quite a few cars now that are parked on the street, um, sort of going in a semicircle around the block. Um, I thought you were kidding, Joan, about the size of this church. I've seen wedding cakes bigger than this. Yeah, it's pretty cozy. Uh, I would like to uh, try to um, use magical intuition on this church before going in. Okay. Yeah. Um, given the, oh, wow, the 17. The little uh, gold domes, the little onion domes on the tops of the church. They're very, they're very shiny, like uh, they've been polished. And uh, as I told John, there seems to be, there, there are little windows in the church uh, that are stained glass, but they're not, they're not pictures of people. They're just sort of geometric shapes and so forth. And from what John said, there was light coming out of them. Yeah, there's definitely something shining out but it, it couldn't possibly be lighter inside the church than it is outside the church right you're in the daylight but yeah there's something about it that seems supernatural for lack of a better word and i'm assuming you, that this is not something i've noticed about churches in general yeah correct right 
You also can smell roses, and it gets stronger the closer you get to the church. And that's not a sickly kind of bad rose perfume. It's a sort of fresh smelling. Well, it could be incense. Maybe it's incense that smells like roses. Um, You guys approach the church, and there are other people, and the the people are going inside. Um, Petra and Selma uh, both notice... Just, just as they're getting onto the church steps going forward, that all of the women that are moving forward have scarves on their heads. Whereas you know, the men don't. The women have scarves on their heads. Um, Selma's got something, so she pulls out a scarf and puts it on her head. Petra, do you have anything um, are any of you wearing a scarf? Because if you are, I might ask to borrow it. Yeah, they have ties. Um, as you approach the doors of the church and you start to, to move forward, and you notice that a lot of people are going in through the door and then they're doing this thing where they're bowing like the priest did in front of the, the icon, and then they're moving. You also start to notice that the men move to the right and the women move to the left. Even when you see couples walking forward together, the man goes to the the, the right and the woman goes to the left. And indeed, once you're inside, you see all the women stand on one side and the men stand on the other. There might be a few exceptions because not everybody knows that. Um, And there are a lot of people here who aren't Orthodox that are uh, you know, literary people and stuff like that. And in the center of the church, um, right in the middle, under the big dome with Jesus looking down, um, is the coffin with flowers on it. It's very, very pretty. And the church does indeed smell strongly of roses, but incense. Um, you seem to recall that Orthodox use a lot of incense. So just year after year after year of incense, everything smells like roses inside. All right, so you take your places, and uh, there's standing room only, so everybody is just standing. Um, And the service begins. Everything is sung uh, between, there's a small choir, and there's there's the priest. The priest is dressed in gold. He has uh, gold robes on. The choir is all dressed in black, you know, regular black, uh, like you'd expect a church choir to dress in. And... um, it goes back and forth between the two. Uh, let's see the say. Um, so Magda's coffin sits in the center. It's adorned with flowers, and the lid is closed. Uh, but as you're standing there, you begin to wonder what the congregation might see inside that box—the repose of a human body, or this sort of Swiss cheese corpse uh, left over after the worms have done their work. Uh, It's kind of a creepy thought, but it's one you can't really ignore. Um, John and Dietrich and Ingolf 
Ingolf, you're there, right? Yeah. Do um, do observe a situation. That's with my plus two. That's fifteen. Eight. Uh, I guess I'll start with what currently poses the biggest threat. Oh, I was uh, actually having you roll that so that I could see whether you can see something or not. Ah. Um. Uh, Seventeen. Oh. Okay. So what happens next? You're standing, the, the center aisle is left empty. The, uh, the, the priest recites, uh, he sings certain prayers, the choir responds. He does in fact have a, a metal thing on chains that has incense, you can see clouds of it coming out and he walks around the, the body and he senses it and he senses the church and he senses the congregation. And he comes up and down the aisle and senses everybody. And it's almost intoxicating, this, this aroma of, of roses and smoke. And there's a moment uh, for, for John and for Petra. Uh, you don't notice anything. You, you notice this. It's there. The service is going on, but Ingolf and Dietrich, as you're standing there, there comes a moment where the priest is sensing the body and he moves around to the other side of it and he's sensing. And the the sensor that's on chains with the little coal and the smoke coming out of it flies up into the air and it freezes in the air. And the billowing smoke seems to sort of stop in midair and everybody is just standing quiet for a moment and there's a noise it sounds like bang 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 getting closer and closer the doors of the church in the back suddenly open up stepping through the door is what looks like another priest he's dressed all in black it's the big funny hat, the veil on it. And he has this cape on. The cape is all pleated as it flies back. And there's four big squares on the front of it. And he's got a golden staff in his hand. And at the, in the, on the top of the golden staff, there's a little cross. And there's two dragons that are like this. And... He moves forward, and it's the sound that you're hearing is the sound of his staff when it hits the ground. Bang, 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 as he's walking forward. He walks straight up the center aisle to where the coffin is. And you see him reach over and open up the lid of the coffin with one hand. The flowers fall onto the floor next to it. Nobody's doing anything. In fact, you find yourself hindered. You don't seem to be able to really move. Um, he looks down at the body of Magda, which you can't really see. 
And he says something in Slavonic, in Russian. But for some reason, you can understand what he says. And it translates in your mind as, this one is a choice cut. Take it away. And as he says that, the dome in the church seems to open up like a, like a flower. And this mechanical arm, like something from steampunk, begins to lower down and unfold. There's big gears on it. It, it completely unfolds. It comes down and you see it sort of clamp into the coffin. And as it comes up, there's something that it's holding that looks like, like a little child, but the child is all wrapped up, like a, almost like a mummy, wrapped up over her head. And you think that it's Magda, but it's Magda as a child. And this thing clanks back and starts lifting her up and out through the dome. And there's light up above and the dome closes. And as it does, the priest's incensor just continues all of a sudden. The, the priest in black is gone. The flowers are on the coffin. The coffin is closed. And the service continues. And you're not sure whether you just imagined all of this or what, but for a moment you're like in awe. And very confused, but John and, and Petra don't seem to have noticed anything. Nobody in the congregation seems to have noticed anything at all. Uh, the I services. Keep... Sorry, go ahead. Is that to keep it together? Let's see. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, keep it together. Oh, no, 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 no. That is an eight. <laughs> my plus two willpower has failed me or really my dice have failed me uh, and I got a 13 so I 13 not... you managed to uh, you, you're, you're a little scared but you're just shaken okay Ingolf you feel suddenly overcome by the incense and the smells and the singing and the, the experience you just had, and your your everything starts to sort of go black as you you start to keel over. Um, somebody can try to grab him. If, and if nobody does, some old man standing behind you grabs you. And uh, just keeps you from hitting the ground. Uh, but he doesn't like stop the service or anything. He just sort of sets you down on the ground puts his hand on your shoulder and he says, it's okay. He says, you'll feel better in a minute. As if this happens sometimes. <laughs> um, the service is about an hour and a half long of standing. It's kind of grueling, but it's over. There's a little procession where they, uh, they pick up the, the coffin. They go out into the graveyard and they bury her in one of the graves outside. And then the service is over. Um, the people start milling around and uh, they walk away. Uh, other than that, other than the weird stuff that you guys saw, it seemed rather pretty and beautiful. And 
peaceful. And, and of course, Irene Adler is there. Anyone else we recognize? Irene was there. And you, you might have recognized a few people who are also in literary circles and people who would have known Magda. But you don't see anybody that you would consider family because she didn't have one. And um, no Kramer, Mahler, or Pagodin anywhere to be seen. Mm. And they were supposed to be her closest friends. Ingolf, were you all right? You uh, looked like you had a spell there for a moment. Yeah, I, I saw something. It's... Mm. That's a relief, honestly. Um, what color were the four squares? They were, they were also black, but they had like gold, um, I don't know what you call it, like brocade around the edges. They had crosses in the middle. You're the writer, Engulf. Maybe you should try to describe it. The priest in the middle with his with his incense. I don't know what they're called. I'm not familiar with the with the religion, but what, he lifted it up, and the smoke froze, and this and it and it froze, and everybody froze, like everything was frozen in time, and I couldn't move, and I heard this bang, bang, bang as this other priest entered dressed all in black with this magnificent robe and cape and these four squares with golden crosses and a brilliant golden staff with a cross on top flanked by these dragons. And He went up to the coffin, opened it and called something down from the ceiling that lifted Magda like a claw saying that she was a choice cut. And like a little child Magda wrapped up in bandages was lifted into this light. And then as soon as he appeared, he just vanished and the coffin was down. The flowers were back on top of it. Like it was everything was just normal. And I, I guess I fainted after that. But I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who saw it. Mm-hmm, me too. <laughs> no, I didn't see anything. No, I, no, nothing at all. I wonder if I wonder if, if we were to open that coffin if Magda would be inside or if it would be empty. I'm not gonna go and look. Uh, no, I don't want oh, it's to buried. Look. They buried it. Oh, oh they they'd already buried yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. okay. Got it. Another I mean we could come back at midnight with shovels. No, 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 no. I don't yeah. I don't really the, um, be interested. The priest that. comes over, he recognizes John. Um uh, and he tells you that they're going to have a little reception in a building uh, down the road, such and such. And that because you're friends, you're of course welcome uh, to come. Oh, thank, thank you. Yes, yeah, we'll probably- Drink, Drink some cookies and sh- talking about, reminiscing about Magda. Mm-hmm. That's very fun service. Um, how many, are you the only priest of this uh, congregation? Yes, yes. It's not large enough of a congregation for there to be more than one priest. Mm-hmm. So I, you officiate these things for... always yourself? Yes. Alone. Um, Father, is that the right uh, address? Mm-hmm. Um, is, there a, is there a tradition in the 
church, the Russian Orthodox Church, to to uh, have a crucifix flanked with dragons? You mean like a staff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's that's what a bishop's staff would look like. Uh huh. A bishop. Interesting. Uh, well, uh, excellent. Uh, thanks for everything. Uh, it was very uh, peaceful service for the most part. I'm glad well, you this, liked it. Are, will you be joining us? Yeah, uh, John and I have to be out of town soon, but for a bit. We'll all miss Magda. You know, she was a fine woman and a choice cut. Well, she's in a better place now. Never get anything out of these people. Can I read him as uh, Dietrich makes that uh, makes that particular comment? Sure. Yeah, I'm on dice. Oh, right. nine five is fourteen plus one fifteen. You may ask two questions. All right. Uh, I get my interrogator advantage anyway, but it's uh, that's just as a default to say whether he's lying or not about anything. Okay, so you don't have to ask that question. You'll get that one automatically. Yeah, he I, doesn't I seem to, he doesn't seem to be lying about anything. But go ahead. <laughs> what else can I ask him? How do you feel right now? How does he feel? Um, I feel like my job, at least the job that I've been given, is finished. Um, I mean, we see people born. We're, we baptize them into the church. We teach them what we can, and then they die, and we say, you know, we send them on their way. So I, I feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like um, baptisms better. <laughs> yeah. Bit more fun than a, uh, fun than a funeral. Baptisms uh, are like making new people. <laughs> and riffing off my previous encounter with him about that he knows, or I feel that he knows more. How could I get you to open up about the truth? I think that you would have to say something. Well, that's not really a fair answer. I I was going to say that you'd have to say something to him that would indicate that you already know what's going on. But I'm not sure that he knows what's going on. He just knows the job that he has as priest, which prayers to say when and and so forth. Um, it's pretty much out of his hands. He has a prayer book, a prayer a prayer book with all the prayers in it, and the priests are not actually allowed to just memorize it and not use the book. They have to use the book so that they don't make a mistake and they don't just have a lapse of memory. So mm-hmm. it's all about the form has to be correct. And, but I don't think he, I don't think he honestly knows anything more. He 
probably didn't see the hook or the grabber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you want to go to the reception? Or I can say that you go to the reception unless you have some specific questions. I don't think you're going to learn anything more. Yeah, unless people are whispering their dark secrets about Magda in the corners. Well, from what I you met her in the madhouse really... in '68. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't really attend church that often. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I'll probably um, uh, deputize Zelma to go and make sure that if there's any bookish person that we should talk to, that she takes advantage of that opportunity. And then encourage John to get on the road. Um, we might stop for a quick one before we go into the lunatic asylum. As far as I'm concerned, I'm a little, a little bit wobbly after that. Okay. I, I and we've all been watching our backs, but doubly so. I, I got some news last night that a contract's been put out on us. <laughs> So specifically, someone's out to get us. Russians. I don't. I don't know if Dieter's digging around the other day alerted them, and but but they took shots at us before that. Even I don't know. But why warn us? Why why warn us of an impending death? Well, Seems like that a bad was practice. The strange thing about that sniper. Yeah. I mean, he should he should have gotten somebody before we had a chance to fall. I mean, he did he he nicked you, he nicked Dieter, but right. you'd think I, he'd take the first kill shot and then go in sequence. Well, perhaps the worms left off, left on our off our bodies and deflected the bullets. <laughs> I, all I know is this this guy is former KGB, so if he wants us dead, you know. If he wanted us dead in that moment, we would have been dead. So, so what do we? So we have to get rid of a curse and also counteract it. Paid hit. I know we're not going to make that much money on the insurance. <laughs> Maybe it's his way of saying, "Well, if you pay me more, then I won't take you out." Yeah, awesome. well, it seems like we have awesome. two enemies then, again, because if they want to feed off us, they don't want us dead. Hmm. I, I've, I've mentioned this before. If there's somebody who doesn't want them to be feeding off of us, they might want us dead. Yeah, you did. It's great that uh, the most paranoid one of us has just vanished, and the rest of us are descending into... Uh, state of general anxiety well all right keep an eye out for little red dots exactly thanks for the word i might give the car a check over just before we uh head off there yeah next good thinking idea. uh so are either of you want to come to meet Piotr, or is it just going to be me and john i wouldn't mind going but all four of us kind of appearing at once. Is that a little too overwhelming, do you think? Too much? Too obvious? No. Maybe it doesn't matter. I'll, 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 I would like to go. 
Yes, I, I was thinking of going. So if, if and we if could also going, so, well, if we show up at the hospital and they say he can only talk to one person at a time, then we'll Very deal well. with it. But right. they probably have meeting rooms and it would be nice. Yeah, maybe between the four of us, we can come up with some deeper questions than what did you mean by sending Magda <laughs> that postcard? Who is he? Right. Questions that yes. don't make them make them close the door behind us and keep us mm. inside for further observation. Mm. All right. There's nothing in your car. There's nothing underneath that's been planted. No bombs or explosions. Explosives. That would end the game rather quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Mick, Mick and Josh would come back thinking, what? Where's everybody? Why are we the only two players? Um, all right. So you get in your car and you drive out to uh, Frankfurt under order. Uh, Frankfurt under order is, at least for game purposes, I've never actually seen it or been there, but it's, it's on the Polish border. It's industrial. Um, it, uh, it's ugly. It's not, uh, it's not a very attractive looking town. Um, you find the address for the Frankfurt clinic and you drive out. And, uh, when you get there, uh, you can see almost immediately that the grounds are not well kept. Uh, the building itself is an ugly old style, um, probably at one point was a hospital or something. Uh, definitely f uh, the building itself is an old building. Uh, it needs a good paint job. Um, now it's not dilapidated, but it's, they probably don't get a lot of funding. Um, so you park your car and you go up to the reception and um when you open the front doors, there is a rather strong smell. Um, you can definitely smell urine and feces in the air. Um, the walls are painted kind of a sickly green. Uh, the floors, I'm sorry, the walls are painted sickly green. The floors are kind of linoleum. Um, and you can see there's accumulated grime, you know, along the, the very edges of where the floor meets the wall. There is a reception desk uh, with an older woman sitting there, uh, obviously not paying very close attention. She's in a gray dress um, and she is knitting, uh, oblivious to anything going on. Also off in the distance, vaguely in the distance, you can hear what sounds like somebody yelling. Um, but it's kind of the sounds that you expect from a mental institution. So uh, what do you all do? Uh, good afternoon. I, uh, I have an appointment to see uh, a Dr. Helmut Schaefer. About, Dr. Uh, Schaefer. Um, what's your name? Uh, I'm uh, uh, Dietrich Zimmermann. Just a moment. And uh, she gets on the telephone with a whole bunch of buttons on the telephone. Dr. Schaefer, there's a, a man named uh, Dieter Zimmerman here, uh, Dietrich Zimmerman here to speak with you. Oh, yes. Uh, there are four of them. 
yes, all right. And, and she hangs it up and she says, yes, uh, just uh, go down the hallway. Um, and uh, it's three doors on the, the right. You'll see his name on the door. Very good, thank you. Have a good afternoon. So you walk down the, uh, down the row and the vibrations in this place are not good. It's, uh, it just feels like there's been a lot of pain and suffering and yeah. mental illness. It's not pretty. Um, you get to the door of Dr. Schaefer's office and you knock and he says, please come in. Um, now, oddly, Dr. Schaefer's office is very neat and clean. Um, he's got some bookshelves. He's got some knickknacks and paintings on the wall. He has a large wooden desk. Um, and uh, he has set four chairs here. He says, uh, now, please uh, come inside. Uh, have a seat. Um, you'll have to pardon me if I'm a little direct, but my time is valuable. Uh, what can I do for you? Well, thank you for saying this. We understand. Um, we've just come from uh, the funeral of a friend of ours uh, who herself was institutionalized quite a bit, uh, Magda Orlova. Uh, and just before she died somewhat abruptly, she received this strange postcard uh, that I'll hand him that, you know, says, I have seen him, Pyotr. Oh, I'm sorry, it's in Russian. It's, it's from an inmate here, apparently, and it's, and it's warning her, it seems, that I think uh, until... No, before you charge. go on, mm -hmm. before you go on, you understand there's a certain confidentiality we have between our patients and, you know, and uh, there's, there's not much. Are any of you medical doctors? No, no, we were, we were, we were friends of a recently deceased uh, individual who, uh, whose death was a little mysterious and who received this mysterious postcard from someone. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure uh, that I can just give you that information. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I have, I have many other, uh, I, this is a job that I have to do. It's a, as I say, my time is quite valuable to understand. Yes, of course. Um, if there is, uh, some sort of dangerous conspiracy, however, that is originating in your institution, it would put down terribly upon you. Should that come to the surface? I don't know what you're saying. Uh, I wish there was some way that I could help you, but, uh, as I say, uh, my time is valuable. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to ask to read a person, but I think I already know what he wants me to mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Yeah, he I, the poor writer, look to the others who have money. <laughs> you can, you can tell, you can tell as you look around. He likes nice things, but this place doesn't pay. Right. This, this institution's room. 
I will reach into my wallet. Um, we'll do this, you know, Let's see. discreetly. How many Deutschmarks? Because I got a chart on the wall. <laughs> um, I don't know what would be considered. I just, I'm kind of playing a game now. Okay, I want sure, you to, sure, sure. I want you to tell me how many Deutschmarks you want to give right. me, and I'll tell you how much that is. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to give you the American dollars equivalent, then you could tell me how many ah. Deutschmarks said it. No? Okay, I'll play the game with you. All right. Um, let's say, oh, I'm so bad at this kind of thing. What is 300 Deutschmark? Oh. How many, how many American dollars? Is- that's $177. Yeah, 300 Deutschmarks. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I was just hoping you'd deep. say 50. And then oh. I'd say, that's 30 bucks. That's 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you slip him that, he's like, well, um, yeah. I mean, I can, a, a, I can a help donation. You with- of course, we want to see, you know, the, the well being of, of your patients here. Of course. Of course. We always need that kind of help. So, what is it exactly you're looking for? Um, and he looks at the postcard and he says, we have one patient named Piotr, but there's no way he could have written this. Why is that, Preto? Well, he's been catatonic um, as long as he's been here. I mean, he'll sit where you tell him to sit and you know, we can move him around. He's not particularly violent at any moment, but he's completely unresponsive. The very idea that he wrote a postcard and mailed it is beyond imagination. Do you know, uh, uh, Dr. Schaefer, if... um the origin of his condition? Um, I don't. That's long before I was here. Um, Apparently, he was one of uh, quite a few children who were brought here uh, from Russia, and uh, they were all uh, in various uh, uh, states of uh, mental illness. Um, they were brought here by uh, Dr. Uh, Tatlina um, some years ago. She's retired. She's retired, but still alive. Yeah, she, she still lives here in, in uh, Frankfurt on the Order. Oh, that's very good. Uh, you know, she also treated our friend, Ms. Arlova, who was Ms. also Arlova an orphan. I, I'm not familiar with that name, so she must have... Schmidt, Magda. I realize Schmidt is a very common surname. Right. Well, yeah, she came over as Magda Schmidt. As I say, that if uh, when did she get released uh, from this institute? Possibly, maybe before your time. Then um, in the seventies, I believe was. Uh, oh, well, that's quite a while. Quite a while ago. Right. Right. Um, and your, uh, your Piotr, he is not going to recover, we assume, and he doesn't even speak to people. He couldn't no, have not at all. To write it for him. Completely unresponsive. Uh, but unlike many, uh, he's also not violent. He's simply, it's as if he's not there. His uh, last name is uh, 
Galantinov. At least that's the name that we have. Um, whether that was really his name. You mentioned Magda Smith, did you say? That sounds like they just gave him that name, gave her that name. Um, yeah, orphans. So. When, when, was, when was he brought here? Uh, let's year? see. Check and see. Um, Dr. Tatlina, she brought 44 children, um, ages between 12 and 20 years old in 1951. And uh, I believe that Piotr was one of them. Um, he's in the upstairs wing. You want to see the institute? I mean, there's places I, I don't think you want to see, but uh, well, well, that's a, easy enough. He's not in any of the dangerous areas. We've traveled, um, and uh, if there's anything left in him, he might care to know that uh, Magda has been taken up. Hmm. I don't think that he'll understand anything that you say. I don't even know if he speaks German. Uh, I mean, we speak German to him, but uh, he was originally Russian. I don't know what he understands. I don't think that he understands anything it's as if he's not there. Um, but uh, I, I can take you up. Um, do I know you, your time is valuable. Do you have any dangerous knives, guns, hmm. or anything like that? Do please leave them here. And we'll, um, any pens or pencils or anything like that? Anything that a patient might accidentally use as uh, a weapon. Um, most of our patients are fairly docile the ones that are the ones that are more dangerous are uh, in, a, in a different wing of the hospital um please come with me he uh he takes you uh down the hall and up the stairs and the smell is pretty bad um there's also uh i think we should do keep it together because there are sudden shrieks and there are, there are things that are quite disturbing. You see people half naked, um, you know, scratching at their skin and some people who are restrained and, and so forth and people wandering around. Uh, and since you're new, um, they kind of, some of them kind of focus in on you. He has to kind of keep them, you know, go back over there and so forth. I got a 12. I got another 14. So that's 11. too marginal. 19. Okay. Oh. Nice. So any of you, none of you failed. Then that's no, but 10 to 14 still has that we take right. some condition. Uh, maybe you're unnerved. Or scared, unnerved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're kind of unnerved. And and a little scared. I mean, you know, walk amongst the on edge. Yeah. Do we take the stability hit? I assume. 
Um, not unless something happens to really scare you. Before we go, um, before we go, so does the name, the this list of, of children that were brought, mm-hmm. d- Blobal, that, that is not a name on this list, is it? No. No? Okay. All right. Thank you. That is. Mm. Philip Kramer. Um, yeah, I think uh, there was a, a Philip Kramer was on the list. What was that? We should consider Pagodin, too. Pagodin, yes. The one who would know all, unless I, unless you want me to look up the, unless you want me to look up all of the records, uh, um, Dr. Tatlina would know everything about. We'll have to speak to her, certainly. Okay. Um, So he takes you up into a room. It's a fairly sunny room. There's sunlight coming in through the, the windows on the side. And um, there's a few patients. Uh, they're sitting in chairs or they're, they're looking out windows or they're lying in their beds. Um, as, as you're walking towards the corner, uh, there's a, a man sitting in a chair. He looks like he's... Uh, probably close to uh, um, Magda's age, but maybe a little younger. Um, He's fairly well-groomed because they've kept his, you know, beard. He's got a beard, but it's, it's short and his hair is, is neat because he's very compliant. And as he's sitting there on the bed, you notice that he's gripping something in his hands. Um, and it looks like this. He's gripping something in his hands. Uh, but he's just, he's sort of blankly looking off into the distance as you approach. Uh, this here is, this is Piotr. Mm, I'm going to see if I can get a bit of a different angle on what's maybe between his thumb of his lower hand and his um, hand, his little finger of his upper hand to see what's in that gap. How, how close do you get to him? Uh, probably within about three or four foot. Okay. Um, as you step forward and you're, you're, you're towards him, uh, the doctor says, there's, as I say, there's, there's no danger of any kind. He's, uh, he's completely harmless. He doesn't even see you. Probably. Now, when he says that, um, Piotr's eyes are looking right into your face, uh, John. And you're not sure that his eyeballs move, but if you move, it still looks like he's looking right into your face. Anything? Just staring at him? I'll, I'll stare at him and ask. Um, well, it depends if the doctor's close enough to hear, but it doesn't. You're all sort of standing within a couple of feet from each other, so. Who did you tell Magda that you saw? Who is he? There's no response. 
What are the rest of you doing? Which is, I'll look down to see if I can get, get an idea of what he's holding. Um, you can't quite see. You you think you see something black with like a little glint of paint or something in his hand. But you really can't see. He's gripping it pretty tightly. Dr. Schaefer, does he have a, a teddy bear or something? Oh, he has a doll. It's a... Uh, He's had it as long as he's been here, and he never puts it down. Uh, uh, even when he sleeps, he he holds on to it. Speak a little bit of Russian. Um, so, you know, hello, Piotr. Do you remember Magda? He, he doesn't look at you at all. He's just looking at John. Mm. I'll try the same thing that Petra said because I know a little bit of Russian. No response. Mm. Whisper to John. Um, ask him about Philip Kramer or Dr. Catalina. Catalina. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you know about uh, again, I'll try in German first and then Russian. What do you know about mm-hmm. Kramer? There's there's no response whatsoever. Um all of you, except for John, it, it just looks like he's staring off into outer space. Um, but for John, his eyes are definitely following you. Um, can I try magical intuition again? Sure. That's only a 12. Does that leave me? Oh, that's okay. I mean, it's not nothing. Um, so, can, do do either does either Piotr or his totem have an evident magical nature? There's little bits of bluish light peeking through the cracks in his fingers. You can sort of see something, but his hands are blocking it to some extent. Is it a familiar bluish hue? You're not sure that it means anything, but definitely that there's something, maybe the fact that he's so attached to this object that gives you a funny, funny sort of tingle. And he doesn't, his aura himself is sort of diffuse it's or cool. Kind or of big. the same, but very, very faint. Um, almost like there's, actually there's no, nothing at all there. Um, Piotr suddenly leans forward and stands up. And the doctor's reaction is like, oh, so much he's never done that before. And then all of a sudden, uh, towards John, he goes like this. I'll reach out and take it. Okay. Uh, You take it. And Dietrich, you can see that it's kind of got this bluish glow to it. And the doctor's like, a breakthrough. He says he's never... He's never reacted to anyone before, and he certainly has never 
given anyone that doll. And by now, Piotr has sat back down on the bed. And he's once again just sort of completely blank. It is a uh, what's called a Matyushka doll. Matryoshka. And it's a doll within a doll within a doll within a doll. However, if you open it up, there's nothing inside. Yeah, usually so there just, are six or eight of those nested. So it's just the empty shell. It's the, Mine's uh, got the stuff, but this is just the empty shell. And it's worn, and it's, I mean, the paint on it is, is smudged. Probably been held so long. Right. But... Well, thank you, Piotr. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, Magda, the doctor's quite shocked. Sure. Says, no, you know, continue whatever you're doing. You know. Can I try either read a person or influence other? Uh, my intention is basically to try and find to see because I've apparently got this some kind of connection with him. I want to find that button that I can push that will get some kind of reaction out of him. Okay. Go ahead. So, I mean, read a person, if I manage to get the question, would be, how could I get you to dot, dot, dot? So that may then prompt and influence other check. Which would you, which do you want me to roll? Um, I think you could roll. Um, you, okay, you want to know how to get him to react. Uh, try that. Yeah. See if okay, can. so read read a person. Yeah, I'm on dice. Oh, uh, seven plus five is twelve. Plus my one is thirteen. So that does give me my one question, which I will go with. How can I get you to react? How can I get you to open up? The answer really is: there's no way for you to do that here and now. It's like now he's not staring you in the face. He's gone. There's nothing. He's like a shell, like the doll is a shell. Mm. So there doesn't seem to be any way. The doctors have tried for 30 years and nothing. So the doctor's is the doctor. You can see the doctor's got out his notebook and he's making notes. He's never he's never given up the doll. Uh, we should give you, uh, Doctor Schaefer. Uh, I'll give you a card here uh, so you can contact us if Piotr seems to need that again. You know, and I assume you have other comforting objects you could give someone who was anxious. Well, it it may it may be that you know you should leave it because I mean even if I I don't know what his reaction would be if we didn't have it. He's always mm-hmm. had it. Um, I wouldn't want to see any kind of violent. Uh, it's difficult to to figure out these sort of things in these people. Um, this is completely unprecedented, his, his actions here today. Um, well, uh, I, I, Piotr doesn't seem to mind if we each examine it before. No. I guess we'll give it to you for safekeeping. Yes. Um, Pass it around. 
you each you each examine it and it seems to be quite yeah simple. it's got sparkly blue energy that i can see but opening it up doesn't release anything and it doesn't touching it doesn't cause anything and it's just a emotionally resident empty matryoshka doll looks old it looks like it's russian manufacturer but Maybe he brought it with him from wherever he was. Hmm. We don't remember seeing anything like that at Magda's place, do we? No. Mm-hmm. So, anything else that you want to do while you're here? Um, I'm, you know, I. But although it's evident that that Elvis has left the building, I will tell Piotr that, you know, Magda, I, I've seen Magda go up and she's gone. Um, and I guess we'll leave the Matryoshka with Dr. Schaefer. All right. Although I reluctantly, I have to admit, I don't have any use for it that I can imagine. Uh, right. And and I, and we'll tell Doctor Schaefer that I'm going to check in with him if there's any other change in Peter's condition in the next few days. Okay, excellent. Now, <clears throat> before we end tonight, as you are leaving Peter's room, the room where he is, there's other people in there beside him. They're walking down the hall towards the uh, the stairs. Uh, the hospital is kind of in, in two wings. So when you came up the stairs, you turned to the right and you went to the right wing. Uh, now as you're coming back that hallway, you can see down to the other wing. You can see the, the double doors going into that part of it, which are locked. Um, uh, once again, Ingolf, Dietrich, and John, you can you use your, um, your soul roll for that and see if it passes. 14. Six. Eight. John, what did you get? 14. Um, 14. There is something bad in that direction. Um, at first, you think that, that it's darker down there than it is over where you are. Uh, but it's it's worse than that. It's it feels like hell. Like that night when you looked out the window and the cityscape seemed to change. There's something terrible and foreboding in that direction that makes you quite glad to go down the stairs and get out of the building. Uh, the others you sort of notice that John hesitates for a moment on the stairs looking in that direction like uh, like he's quite disturbed Uh, but then he slowly follows you out of the building and um, you go back to Schaefer's office for a few moments and uh, give him any money that you were going to give him and he takes the doll back from you and sets it on his desk Mm-hmm. And uh, 
wishes you good day. You guys give him your contact. Well, you don't really have any contact information at the moment. You're kind of afraid to go anywhere where you have. Well, I, you contact. know, I, I again, I'm, I'm giving him a business card. Although it's true that I'm not sure that's going to you know ring the phone at the bookshop, and unless one of us is there overseeing the replacing of the glass, it's not going to do much. Right. Okay, and so you. As we leave, um, I'll just ask him um, what's in that part of the building, and I'll gesture towards that hellish. He says, "Yes, that's that's the special ward. Um, There are a number of cases that are quite violent and difficult to control in that direction, and." you know, it's, it's, I couldn't possibly take you in that. Uh, oh, I wasn't planning on going up there. I was just yeah. mildly terrified or curious rather about what's up there. Well, then let's, uh, let's uh, finish our day. And uh, as I say, you leave the doll and you, uh, you leave the building. Where are you going to go? Uh, that's up to everyone here if I'm the one playing driver. Well, I don't want to go back to the people who have been in my apartment and apparently now there's a contract to kill me, so I don't want to go home. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think I should be staying at home anytime soon either. Right. In fact, I should use a payphone and call the hotel that Selma and I have been staying at and tell her to meet me somewhere else. Uh, should we all take up rooms in the same dump? I think being close together would probably help. At least we know that somebody will pay attention if we scream. We're in a dump, will they? (laughs) Well, if we're all there, I mean. Ah, I see. So you all find a dump. You find a it's not a terrible dump, but it's a, it's a hotel that nobody would expect that you'd stay in. I could, maybe a tourist hotel would be good. Tourist hotel, yeah. Because they're kind of cheap and, you know, yeah. Um, you go in and you, you know, secure rooms at the concierge stand. You, uh, you all get rooms on the same floor. We'll just say, you know, 301, 302, 303, and 304. And uh, just for the sake of argument, John's staying in one. Inkolf in two, and Dietrich in three, and Petra in four. And uh, the rooms are okay. They smell a little bit of, of, you know, people smoking, stuff like that. Um, But as you enter your rooms and uh, go inside, um, all of you hear John suddenly sort of go, Jesus Christ this and as you come running down to see what happened uh, Matyushka is sitting on the bed in the center he really did give it to me Mm. and that's where we will end it for tonight so at least you all know who Piotr is now yeah that's right point for that yeah oh that's true uh I, I bought books on Kabbalah to follow up on learning about 
Chigidiel. So I think I did that one. Investigate Chigidiel. I cannot pronounce that to save my life. Chigidiel. I investigated Pierre Tor, or at least went to see him. I hope that count. And investigated Lev. So both my hooks are clear now. Either one was confront my tracer. I don't think I'm there yet. But I might, oh, might, might have something better. I don't know, but I'm not there yet. What was yours, um, David? I, uh, Dr. Hans Richter, the worm seer. Nothing there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've also got our three questions as well. Have we discovered anything new about the truth? Uh, yes, there's a giant claw thing. I think Engelf and I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure you guys did. <laughs> We're inside you kind of did too, machine. Matt, actually, right? Like you, you, the the dark part of the mental institution or the hospital, whatever, wherever it was. That's we true. <laughs> there's a gateway to hell right mm -hmm. over there. <laughs> that only cost 270 US to get access to it. <laughs> 170. It cost you. But it cost you 2,000 Deutschmarks to get him to let you go in that direction. Oh, that bad. I feel like the fact that uh, you and I both chose 300 Deutschmarks exactly indicates... That's funny! That <laughs> yes! <some> strange link. <laughs> Look, why, why would you pay that much when you can just get a typewriter? They're much cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> and What's they have the next question? Sites. Yeah. Sorry. So uh, we've learned something about the universe. Yeah. Have we learned anything new about our characters? I think I John's learned something. <laughs> yeah, I tried to coax a few details out of, uh, out of people. But I mean, you're, you have some kind of connection with Piotr. That's something you did not know about yourself before. That's true. And apparently now I have a, and I have a doll that follows me around. Yeah, it's not going to be at all. A spooky familiar. It's empty mm. inside. Aren't we all? I was about to say, it's, it's a thinly veiled symbolism. Join the club, Russian <laughs> nesting doll. Join the club. <laughs> Howling void. And none of the rest of us have learned anything and new. Stretching ourselves. Is that yeah, the. Have, have we challenged ourselves? Not personally, anyway. Or. Mm. You, uh, I mean, Petra did learn, sorry, to go back a step. You learned that there are contracts out to kill us. Somebody, I feel like we've known someone's out to kill. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Somebody shot at us. Yeah, I don't know if that really, but it's like it's confirmed that no, somebody's paid money to have us all killed. Right. So that's, I mean, there's a, it's a step that we know that the hit is a shared hit, but I don't think mm -hmm. it's. Right. confronting her stalker it's just no no no. he's talking about learning something new about myself uh, but i feel like we uh, kind of already knew that somebody was out to kill us i don't necessarily know that like having a name to it really adds much to it no. but i appreciate you going to bat for me morgan well you learned a little bit more about your uh ex-kgb buddy it's true yeah we all learned about josh's character <laughs> mm -hmm. or at least yeah. petra did i don't know if she shared that with us but <laughs> Uh, when it suits me. Dig a little deeper, you can find out what his real name is, and then when he shows up again, you say, oh, hello. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! 
<laughs> immediately puts a like, bullet in our head because he you thinks should, we're yeah, yeah, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> now you must die. And what's the third question? Have we challenged ourselves? Oh, challenge yourselves. I don't feel like that applies to me. I'm hoping that once Dieter, I mean, Dieter is still Dietrich. I did it myself. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even lost any stability. So maybe around the time I start losing some stability, I'll start with introspection. But so far, Dietrich's just keeping, keeping on with the lies and self-deceit. I feel like both Matt and, and, and Morgan continue to take the risks. Like, you know, there was a risk in, in trying to make that connection with that, like, you know, getting closer and closer. And, and, you know, I feel like we all, at least I personally was like, no, Matt, something bad's going to happen. And then, you know, Morgan, you keep kind of risking yourself to tell, or I don't know if there's a risk involved in doing these drawings, right? Is there a risk involved in doing that? There's a okay. horrible risk. It could go okay. yeah, horrifically <laughs> wrong every time I, every time I use the- uh, But I feel like that's pushing yourself, right? Like you're taking that risk for, you know, in pursuit I, of more knowledge. I, I don't, I don't know if looking into that particular location this session compares to the risk I took looking where I did the session previous. I mean, does it have, do you have to keep one-upping yourself though? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Right. Well, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm reading the phrase push yourself differently. Like that doesn't seem like endanger yourself with folly necessarily. It seems like extend past limitations of your character. Okay. It's the way it feels to me, but I don't know if I'm, is the book defined? Is the book defined it, or is it kind of left open to interpretation? No, it just it just presents the question as is, and just says maybe question the players that can justify answering yes to they receive one experience. Do they? I mean, is it Tom that gets the final yay or nay? Then, like you're presenting your case. What do you think, Tom? I'd say that. Say it again. Sorry. Is is Ingolf like continually taking the risk to draw these? pictures and see through is that is that pushing himself because we're kind of you know is pushing yourself putting yourself in danger or is pushing yourself That's kind of extending question. beyond your capabilities you know and, i would turn to matt and say what do you mean matt <laughs> you know you know we're going around the table well, it's, it's it does say challenge it's the the exact wording is have we challenged ourselves um i suppose because it, it comes down to for each question the players can justify answering it that really if they can present a case that you're happy with that then that would count would would challenging yourself for instance john you're afraid uh, matt you're afraid of insects mm -hmm. so yeah, would trying to go through the room despite all the cockroaches be a challenge to yourself right yeah i'd, I'd say that because you're going in, against your in own interests yeah, you're challenging your phobia, or at least you're putting yourself in risk. In that, in that instance, John's phobia would kick in. Okay. So it would right. be trying to do something that he would be mechanically at a disadvantage to, but also thematically from from where that phobia stems from, that would be a that would be a moment of having really willpower to go forward and do it. So I think in golf, knowing the danger, and yet using his ability would be a Especially if he starts to, to believe that he could really seriously fuck himself up. Mm -hmm. 
I was very clear with when those figures approached me, not this session, but the last where it's like, oh, I need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's. Well, and that was the other question yeah. because Morgan's trying to downplay what he's doing because it wasn't as big of a push as last time, but does he need to essentially one up himself every time? I don't necessarily feel like that's the case. No, it's, that's, there's still a risk involved every time he uses right, that right. advantage. Right. I see you get it, Morgan. I'll let Morgan decide whether he thinks he's really. That's fair. I think. I think in this case, I think in Ingolf in Ingolf's mind, looking at the church, did not have the same level of risk as spying on the people who cursed us, and spying into the nature of the curse. Those felt way more dangerous than looking at this little church. So I think just the depending on where I look with it. That's fair. Sure. So I'm just going to skip it this time. Okay. Did you like the arm coming down? <laughs> that was good. I'm, I'm just, I mean, they, they got to practice. I mean, those little claw machines are hard machine. to do. Uh, it's a rip. Just take I mean, if they, if they messed up, nobody would have saw anything, right? They could have gone down and missed and... Mm -hmm. Man, all the Are time we there? The we, just drop, drop Magda. Finished? God damn it! Just go. Up. <laughs> <Yeah>. We need. <laughs> She's probably skewered on top of the big on top of the spike on top. Every of the single dome. time it, it grabs, goes all the way up and then drops. Um, no, we need a new dramatic hook from you, Tom. And then anyone who fulfilled theirs needs a new one. Yeah, I need two. Mm -hmm. Let me do yours first, and let me think. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. David, are you going to shed yourself of the doctor thing? You know, I, th I think Sorry. I will ditch Hans Richter because, again, it's something that will be better structurally if Nick is present for. And also, Make we're going to be going to see Dr. Totlina. All right. So is Totlina going to just be a guarantee for all of us, assuming she yeah, is that, dead is or vanished? Everybody? Investigate Totlina, confront Totlina. Visit her, yeah. Visit is that every? Is that for all of us, Tom? Are you still thinking about it? Oh, I'm still thinking. I okay. thought that was good. Uh... We all uh, should we all suggest to everyone else then that ours is to go and visit this uh, this stop. I'm I'm on board with that. We're not leaving town without trying to get a hold of that witch and shake it out of her. Forty four stolen children. Confront, <laughs> investigate, confront. Com confront the uh, Tatiana or whatever her name is. Mm -hmm. Not Na Natalia Tatlina. Doctor. So we can kind of each give ourselves that same secondary dramatic hook then as well. Maybe? Round Robin. Unless somebody wants to have a different Yeah, thing. I guess unless someone else wants to. That, I'd, I'd quite uh, like to do something with that doll. <laughs> oh, investigate the doll, something like that. Maybe not invest. I don't know. I don't know what you learn by investigating. You should, I mean, investigate my connection with Piotr. Why the doll? Why do you have the doll? Mm. I mean, that's something that's with one. the doll. Or is it explore the nature of the doll? Yeah. Like, I'm curious, like, what if you put a sock inside and then open it later? Is there still a sock? I'm suddenly missing a sock. <laughs> also, Piotr's like, ah! <laughs> I think... There's a sock inside me. Mm -hmm. The threat that is looming over you is your own safety. Um... For some reason, those people want you 
eliminated. So I think that what your action has to be is to find a way to stop them. I mean, you've got a way, but talking about it and actually pulling it off is because they'll get to you eventually. Right. uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I should stop the contract killers from killing me. What is the stop uh, our impending assassination? Um, there was there was uh, something that I said in there, and I don't know whether I mean you your characters don't necessarily believe it or not, but um, uh, a lot, what was his name? Belobal. Um, He's just a, a hired guy. He'll do what he's told to do. Right, right, right. Yeah, you said so, he's not dangerous unless he's being pointed in our direction. Matt and Matt did say, you know, just pay him off, send him somewhere else, do something else. Yeah. So send him send him at Kramer. <laughs> Is that everybody? We need, well, we Morgan, need Kramer you, alive. <laughs> Morgan, are you taking confront Tatlina as your secondary, or did you want something a little bit more? Uh, or did you want to go for like investigate the strange area of the mental hospital? However, you do it with your your pictures and your drawings and such. Did you want to go that way? <laughs> I, I was I was I really wanted to go that way. So okay. you invest investigate investigate that the dark asylum. Corner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you know you want to get a view of hell. You know. Yes, you I do. <laughs> All right, and uh, David, are we just did you and I taking on confront Tatlina? I think so. All right. Then yes. I, I offer we're... that to you and accept it and from I will, you. I will offer it to you. So my ones confront Piotr about the doll. Mm, okay. Okay. Our players included Matthew Sanderson, David Gasway, Holly Buto, and Morgan Llewellyn. Uh, Josh Harwood and Mick will hopefully be here next week. Well, Josh has Christmas work to do. Um, He's uh, an elf. And I, yeah. And I am the Game Master. Uh, we have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games and you can learn the finer arts of game playing game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the strange and terrifying world of cult, divinity, lost role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Mm-hmm.